and looking for ways in the community to create more of a mutually supportive environment, it can be really lovely. Let's peek inside the mind of a boomer. This is Boomer Randomness, a podcast dedicated to the baby boom generation with random observations about boomer life from boomers, including topics like music, movies, memories, marriage and divorce, retirement, bucket lists, kids and grandkids, travel, medical crap that old people talk about, and a whole lot more. Here is your boomer host, Bernie Lucas. In the last episode, I was talking with clinical psychologist Dr. Cynthia Post about depression and isolation that boomers and others face as we grow older, and Cindy offered tips on coping with those issues. We also discussed suicide, which unfortunately is a factor that should be addressed when we talk about aging. There are two statistics that I remember, and, and I will say this: these back up um, my belief is and, and I believe yours too, that, um, that help can be effective. And that is, um, I'm rounding off the numbers a little bit. In, in 2021, there were 48,000 suicides recorded. There were 1.7 million attempted suicides. So that tells me that help worked for a lot of people. Yep. And I would also say something about medication here. Mm-hmm. When people are suicidal... Their brains are not working well, and they probably do need medication. And medication sometimes takes a little while to work. So someone like that may need to be in the hospital for a little while to stabilize and get on that medication at a higher rate than they would be able to do outpatient. Because that there, there are people that can monitor you and watch you and make sure that you're okay medically while they ramp up the medication and get that medicine into your system so you can start thinking more clearly. Yeah. And the organization I quoted before, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, they've actually simplified, they call theirs a lifeline, and they simplified it a lot. Basically, 988, that's the whole thing. And you can call okay. it or text it. Or And they have another one. You can also text the word TALK to 741741. But that 988, that's, that's a fairly easy one to remember. And... And I would say anybody who who thinks someone else they know is considering taking their own life, point out that number. You know, it's a conversation, and it's and it's a uh, and it's with someone you don't know, so you have nothing to lose by that. And it's someone who's trained to help walk you through that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's very very important. I think you know this is a very shame based, secretive issue. Nobody wants to admit this. This is not how we all. Uh, think this is not like doesn't represent you well that you're having these kind of feelings you're you you don't have your act together you know you you shouldn't be thinking this way you know there's a lot of judgment internal judgment and a feeling that people won't think well of you if they hear this about you so people don't want to share what's really going on with them the more we as a society can come together and fight back against that the better off we'll be, the more we can be open and honest about what's really going on. And what's really going on is that these are big numbers and that it says something about the way we operate as a society, that there doesn't seem to be room for the elderly group in this society as much as there needs to be. 
Yeah. You know, like I often think about, you know, they do this in other cultures where, you know, they put like a retirement home next to a, a nursery school. And sometimes, you know, some of these kids don't necessarily have grandparents available. And some of these elderly people, they don't have grandchildren available. So it's a perfect match. And looking for ways in the community to create more of a mutually supportive environment, it can be really lovely. There's a, a program called Adopt a Grandparent, you know, where people go and they visit with elderly people. You know, over in the UK, they've got a really good thing. They've got the Loneliness Council where they call people that are lonely on the phone to see how they're doing. I wish we had that. Yeah, yeah. I think there's, there's a few volunteer organizations, but it's not a, a, a widespread thing that I know of anyway. Exactly. There's not not a lot widespread about what we're talking about. It's still very shame-based. People don't want to admit it. They don't want to admit it that, it that they're feeling it. They don't want to admit it that it's happening in their family. It doesn't represent the family well. Right, right. I thought it was so wonderful that, you know, um, Jamie Raskin, you know, came out so clearly and openly about what was going on in his family. Oh, that's right. Yeah. U.S. representative from in Maryland. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Very helpful. Yeah. And he went through a cancer scare as well and was not ashamed to still be in front of cameras in, in dealing with that. That's right. Like, this is what it means to be human. Here we are. This is the Boomer Randomness Podcast. I'm Bernie Lucas. My guest is clinical psychologist, Dr. Cynthia Post, and we're talking about coping with aging. Any other general advice or tips for coping with aging? We're all getting older. We can't get around around that, but maybe there's ways well, we can feel better about it. Well, I mean, I, I say keep it, keep it moving, stay active, stay connected, admit that your body's changing and that that's okay, that you're not going to look like you're 20. And if you think you should... It's not going to happen. <laughs> and those wrinkles make friends with them because they're going to be around for the rest of your life. Right. So, I mean, I just think that ex- accepting oneself and supporting each other and strengthening community, all of those things are very, very important. Uh, do you think there's anything else maybe we, we should talk about with respect to to aging and dealing with it or... Any other boomer stuff you want, random stuff? Because I call it boomer randomness, so <laughs> anything goes, anything random. I guess the loneliness piece, I think, is a really big thing. Mm-hmm. I think that um, if you didn't feel like you had a lot of social skills or ability to connect well with others before, it's just harder as you get older and the more vulnerable you feel. And you don't want to be... You hope that people are not waiting until they're in their later years to try to form friendships. You can't get a 30-year friendship right now. You have to have had that friendship all those years to have that wealth of connection. And so a a lot of people, well, some subgroup of people are trying now in their later years to make friendships and their new friendships. And so, you know, what can you hope for with new new friendships? You know, how, how does that work? And I think one of the things that I guess I'm thinking about more as time is going on with this whole issue is that we have to support as a, as a society, as a community, our elderly people better, starting from before they're elderly. You know, we talk about aging in place and we talk about co-living situations. I guess we used to call those communes, Bernie. Yeah. You know, <laughs> But, you know, the idea that, or, you know, the Golden Girls, remember uh, uh, yeah. B. Arthur, 
you know, that was really quite a revolutionary idea that these women living together, they're all widowed and they're all living together and that, you know, it's some companionability and, you know, thinking creatively about how can we support this population better and how can we start earlier and reinforcing and not letting people fall through the cracks with their socialization, particularly single people. So this is kind of a, an untapped area, in my opinion. You know, I see a lot of people in this, in this group, people who just don't seem to somehow or other, they've landed in this stage of life and they're alone. They're really alone. I kind of watched that, watched that happen a little bit with my dad. I mean, he had good family support. There was, there was never a lack of that, but to my knowledge, through most of his adult life, he had two close friends, and they both he outlived both of them by a long, a long time. I mean, like at least a couple of decades, and hadn't really established any additional friendships. And mm-hmm. uh, but I mean, he did have family support, so that part was good, you know. And 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 I don't know if he was depressed or not, because that you know that that generation didn't talk about stuff like that. And, and the older end of ours, you know, still, I mean, that's part of why we're having this conversation because hopefully this, you know, couple of boomers listening on this little podcast that, you know, can spread, yes. the, spread the word that's, about that's it. That's how we spread the word. And I just want to reiterate, if you see somebody and they're just not looking quite right, please do say something. Please don't sit back. We sit back too much in our community. And you do this for a living, so uh, I do. Tell us a little about about your practice and, and certainly your website. So my website is CynthiaPostPhD.com. I have a practice. I work with young adults trying to launch, and I work with uh, I'll do a lot of couples work. I do a lot of work with individual women's issues, men's issues, a lot of work with step families. Um, and I run two groups, a women's group for women over 50 and a men's group, a mixed adult group of men and women, 40 to 60. Yeah. And we used to cover all those topics in our, in our radio conversations. We sure did. So we may, we may find a way to put the boomer spin on some of those and, and have you on the podcast again. I would love that. That this was a lot of fun talking with you today, Bert. Yeah. Same here, Cindy, Dr. Cynthia Post, clinical psychologist and, uh, and friend and a good, a good talker about all these issues. So I appreciate your time. Well, thank you, Bernie. I appreciate the opportunity to be here with you. Important topics. Here's what's coming up on Boomer Randomness. Not every boomer is retired. Some boomers still work. And the workplace includes as many as five different generations. In the next episode, we'll talk with a workplace consultant about the good, the bad, and the ugly of multi-generational workplaces. Learn more about Boomer Life at BoomerRandomness.com. Check us out on the Boomer Randomness Facebook and on Twitter at BoomerRandom1. Okay, Boomer, thanks for listening. And tell everyone you know about Boomer Randomness.